What's new, Alex? I mean, we've had an extremely weird 2020-2021 season for all sorts of issues, not just the year it's in, but it's just played out really weird. And this season just kind of got weirder with this yeah. initial round of playoffs we had. Just let me tell the names of the quarterbacks that played in this year's <laughs> playoffs. I love okay. this. Chad Henney, Tyler Huntley, Taylor Heineke, John Wolford, and best of all, Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> <laughs> it's stupid. I mean, oh, in this boy. week alone, we had a quarterback that had more catches than supposedly the best receiver in the league. And we also had a backup quarterback that came in so clutch for the Chiefs. I mean, whatever could happen did happen, at least with everything crazy going on. We have one thing that stays normal. You need a quarterback to play well, to win a football game, especially in the playoffs. Not shocking anyone, but that's what it is. But this is our NFL Divisional Round Breakdown. Of course, I'm your host, Ross Allen, joined alongside by my, my man, A.K. Alex Crop, And we're here to tell you everything you need to know about this week's football season. But, Alex, real quick, before I get things started, I know you like to. And I know a lot of us love sports betting because, not going to lie, it can be a lot of fun. It can be a little bit of a problem, but... It's only a problem if you lose, is, is the thing. <laughs> so what we got for you is uh, through this new app, Thrive Fantasy, a lot of prop betting. If you use our promo code, fourth and long, for those listening, it's the number four, T-H-A-N-D-L-O-N-G. And if you deposit at least $20, you can receive up to $50 of a match on your deposit for all sports wow. prop betting. Huge, Whoa. right? It's free money. It's that's incredible. It's it, it, that's Alex. It's it's free money. I mean, come on now. Yeah. And then even if you lose, you still got all that money for free. And I mean, if you lose with like the extra money, it's kind of on you at that point. I mean, it's it's dumb not to do this. Thank you. But yeah. with that being said, let's get on to the show itself, Alex. Let's break down the first game of the divisional round. We had the Rams at the Packers. The Packers getting done at home in the frozen tundra of Lambeau. 32 to 18, and we had the Packers, we had the Rodgers, we had Aaron Jones, we had Devontae Adams, and they pretty much just beat the Rams. I mean, it's kind of cut and dry like that. Rodgers secures his, would you believe it? It's only his first home conference championship game of his entire career with this win. That was one of the craziest stats I heard all weekend was that he's, I mean, I, I feel like I've, I've seen him so many times in these, these uh, conference championships, but... I, that's crazy that he's never had a home playoff game before. For a quarterback, his caliber, for a team yeah. of the caliber that he's normally on, it sure as hell is shocking. Hey, hey okay. Season's weird. We got it, okay? And yeah. things did get a little bit close in the third quarter. It was 25-18 to 18 at one point, but then we just had the Lizard Lazard with a 58-yard dagger of a fourth-quarter touchdown. And putting up 32 points on the number one defense is nothing to be disappointed. This is a good accomplishment for a team that we already thought was good offensively. And they just went out and they proved it with this one. Especially, I mean, also defensively, offensively. We all know the storyline going to this week, Alex. Jalen Ramsey versus Devontae Adams. Number one uh, quarterback in the league against the number one wide receiver in the league. And what do we have? I Let's say... Adams didn't blow him out of the water, but he definitely won this matchup. I mean, nine catches, 66 yards, a tutter, 
21 uh, uh, yards on the long reception. But the thing is, he's just consistently beating Jalen Ramsey off the ball when he was targeted. And credit to his quarterback, because Aaron Rodgers, unlike anyone that normally goes against Jalen Ramsey, wasn't afraid to throw it to him. So I thought this was a great matchup. And he and Devontae Adams ended up getting the better of him. But it wasn't a bad performance necessarily by Jalen Ramsey. No, I mean, I think this was a, a – the great part about this matchup was – um, at least on the Green Bay side, it was a lot of scheme. I mean, you saw that touchdown pass. That was such an incredible play design where you have Devontae Adams sprinting across the field, sprint back, and you saw Jalen Ramsey right after the play when he got beat outside. He's yelling, screaming, pleading with that outside corner. Like, you got to bump out on that. you got to bump out on that. And, I mean, that is so tough to try to defend a guy sprinting 100% capacity <laughs> horizontal to the, the field at the one-yard line. And all he's got to do is beat one guy off the ball and – um, it looked like the, that Rams outside guy didn't bump out in time. They got kind of got caught in a in a little mixed mismatched co- coverage there, and that's all you need with with Devontae Adams. And, and, and a big thing that Devontae Adams does, which I think um, you know gives him that advantage against Jalen Ramsey, is Jalen Ramsey is an extremely physical corner. He uses his hands really really well. He jams people off the ball. He does not allow any free releases. But what Devontae does is he doesn't beat you with physicality off the ball. He beats you with his feet. He has incredible footwork. He sets up cuts. I mean, so so just to kind of give you a depiction of this, if you know that you're running to the inside of the, the field, if you're an outside receiver, mm-hmm. what Devontae will do is he'll juke, 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 just sell you so hard that he's going outside or going upfield or just make, make the, that one slight move to convince you that he's going one way and then just completely break it off the other way. And for a physical corner like Jalen Ramsey, to have that guy do happy feet off the line is so frustrating for him because – he loves getting his hands on people. He loves to know and control where that receiver is. And Devontae just did not allow him to do that. And I think, um, you know, Coach LaFleur did a great job of scheming him to get separation off the, the line of scrimmage. And they played a lot of zone defense. And I think that's frustrating. And, um, you know, something that, that Jalen Ramsey didn't do a ton this year is he didn't travel with those number one receivers mm-hmm. besides the DK Metcalfs, besides the DeAndre Hopkins of the world's. But since they had two other great corners, they were able to play a lot of zone and able to play a lot of off coverage. And you saw that today where Devontae Adams was getting free releases, and that's just not a good recipe for success <laughs> against that guy. But I, I mean, think that's for assessment. But just a complete epitome of an Aaron, Rod- an Aaron Rodgers game is he kind of lulls you to sleep, lulls you to sleep, and then right over the top when you think they're running the ball, just throws a perfect flutter pass right over the top to Lazard for the 58-yard knife right through the heart of the the Rams defense but I mean the Rams are playing with you know three three thumbs tied behind their back with Jared Goff's injury Aaron Donald was not the same he was wearing freaking Kevlar padding underneath couldn't right. move couldn't do anything um the uh the, um the uh the Packers left guard Elton I forget his last name Elton Thomas maybe mm-hmm. um but he was manhandling Aaron Donald and you never see that out of him no, so I, you I know something's playing, wrong you know yeah I think he was playing a little hampered and um, Corey Lindsley, uh, the, the center for the Packers too, was was kind of manhandling him a little bit. So I, I don't think they were they were playing at full strength. They kind of limped into this position. But I mean, mm-hmm. a great season for the Rams. They got to the the final four in the NFC, and um, I think that was uh, more than they could have been expected this year. You know, they they thought they might have been the third or the fourth best team in their own division. Mm-hmm. So um, good game for them. Uh, Packers, I think, have just. I mean, they're going to cakewalk to the Super Bowl. We're going to get into it later, <laughs> I'd imagine. But yeah, we um, will. Th- this 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 game was completely laid out for them, and uh, Aaron Rodgers did what he had to do, and um, Rams didn't really have an answer for him on either side. 
And it wasn't just the pass game, though, that got done. I mean, let's be honest, the only reason that the Rams were even made this a game was because, once again, we've been seeing his praise all playoffs. Cam Akers, the rookie running back, was dominating. A again, 18 carries, 90 yards, a tutter. And Cam Akers is proving everyone right when there is some, I didn't question, but there is still a lot of people questioning the decision to let Todd Gurley walk at the beginning of this season. He went over to Who's Atlanta. Who's questioning that? I, um, is, 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 is anybody questioning that that sees how, how he runs in the last two years or was, see that his, his physical, that his knee doesn't work anymore? To be honest, that's what I was going to say. Is mostly Rams fans being fat, uh, being kind of sad about the They're past, ridiculous. but it was it was a dumb statement. I mean, Todd Gurley, we saw his reduction in Atlanta. It was fine in the red zone, but his actual dependable running back, no, he's not it. Cam Akers. There's zero burst anymore unfortunately he's just yeah. not the guy he is anymore. he used yeah. to be but cam makers is the guy in that backfield for the rams they found a solid guy right there i mean and then also on the other side of the football we know aaron jones has been a good running back but this season it really feels like he's really kind of found another level to his game it feels like this is some of the best he's been playing he had about 100 yards this game a touchdown and I would say that the because I mean it's going to be underrated. It's going to be left in the dust when you have Aaron freaking Rodgers as your quarterback, and you're going to be a pass heavy team. But the Packers kind of have a underrated rushing attack. I would say getting about 135 yards a game, and it's not something that's going to blow you away. But it's something like you allude to with that 50 yard touchdown pass is going to blow you to sleep. And this is a reason that Rodgers is able to to do that because they don't have a phenomenal running game. But it's a solid running game, and it's complements that passing offense really well. I'm gonna push back on that a little bit, actually. I think their running game is phenomenal. I, I think they have three run. I think they have three running backs that are all above average at what they do. Jamal Williams runs so freaking hard. Aaron Jones has elusiveness. He's got breakaway speed. He's able to catch the ball. AJ Dillon is an absolute mallet back there. He hammers people, <laughs> and you saw that in that snow game against Tennessee. But they have three running backs that all, um, you know, star in their role. And Aaron Jones is, is the do-it-all back. Jamal Williams is a great third down back and runs freaking hard. A.J. Dillon the same way, great goal line back. Their offensive line is extremely underrated. They have dogs up there. Corey Lindsley was the best-rated center all year. Um, great tackles, great guards. You know, I mean, their run game is, I think, really underrated. And I think that just – you know, you have it, Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams connection. You have those big passes over the top, but their run game sets everything up, and that's something you can rely on, especially in January, especially in these these playoff games where you need to kind of grind the clock out. And I think they have a, a phenomenal run game, actually. Well, excuse me, Alex. It's not yeah. just a solid run <laughs> run game. It's phenomenal. a fantastic run game. It's yeah. phenomenal, and it's still we. I think we could at least still agree that it's underrated, and people need to. Kind of be a little more weary of this rushing attack, and we're not just going to stop talking about this there. We're going to talk about this, at least I'm a little bit more, when we get to our conference championship game predictions. Our next game, our Saturday night game, was the Ravens at the Bills. And this was not the highest scoring game we were all expecting. At least you and me, Alex, we expected something a little higher than this. A little higher than the Ravens only putting up three points this entire game. Those just coming in the first half. A 17-13 uh, or 17-3 score was something that we were not expecting. But hey, doesn't matter how you get it done as long as you get it done in the end. With Biz, with this win, Buffalo advances to their first conference championship game in 26 years. And kind of the story about this is something I alluded to in the intro of how you need a good quarterback to win playoff games. I know, shocking idea, but you do. 
Lamar Jackson fell short in the biggest game of his career. He had about 160 yards, but he also had that interception by um, uh, Teron Johnson, which was phenomenal, 101-yard pick six. That was a fantastic play um, with that one, but that interception hurt him. He only had about 34 rushing yards. He did leave the game in the third with the concussion, but before then, he wasn't playing Lamar Jackson football because he... When do you see Lamar have this many more passing yards than rushing yards? It just doesn't happen. And the, the the story here, though, was that Baltimore won almost all the categories that win you football games. They won the time of possession. They won the yards, um, total yards. They won the first downs. They had 340 to 220 yards for the, for the Bills. They had 19 first downs to 17 first downs. They had 36 minutes to 24 minutes. But the thing that really did was that big pick six, that kind of sealed their fate on that one. Also didn't help that, yeah, Josh Allen's font dig still just balling out of control right there. I mean, I think you left out one of the most key stats in every football game is the turnover margin. Every single one week, zero. You, you look at the uh, the turnover margin. It doesn't matter how drastic of a difference it is. But whoever wins that turnover margin – has such an advantage over the other team because it's all about possessions and especially in the playoffs when the game slows down you know we're consistently seeing these low scoring games and with low scoring games there's there's less variance there's mm -hmm. less um you know way there, there's less opportunities for you to put points on the board so if you give up those golden possessions especially in the red zone red zone turnovers are the killer of playoff football and it, and i mean when you that that's a that's a 14 point swing 10 point swing at the least mm -hmm. and 20 points total in the game. If you have a 14 point swing going against you, there is almost no chance you can win this game. And I mean, this was kind of a, a similar situation to how the Ravens got bounced last year against the Tennessee Titans. They won time of possession, total yards, first downs. They lost the turnover margin. They go, went for it on fourth down, didn't get it. Yeah, Justin Tucker missed two field goals inside of 50 yards. You never see that. This what did you just see? Justin Tucker with two doinks. Two doinks. Two doinks. And solid doinks, too. Not like skimming and, and going off. It, it hit him square, too. And uh, it was uh, it was it was tough to watch. Personally, but... I think that takes more talent to be able to hit the, the post twice than it is to make it through. But still. Yeah, if, if you were playing <laughs> kicking horse, he's, he's definitely uh, coming out of there with the opponent getting the HO right Ooh, off the bat. Can, but... can we see Justin Tucker against Cody Parkey? Give him a horse. Well, the problem is, is, is Cody Parkey could hit him all in one. So I don't know how many, <laughs> how, how the conversion rate is for a horse game. But um, no, I mean, the Bills, I, I think, uh, you know, we've, we've said it for a while. The Bills, I think, have the best shot against the Chiefs. And mm -hmm. um, it's going to come down to, to those two offenses. And I think uh, this is the, this next game is going to have a, a much higher score than, than we saw in these, these last couple rounds. Um, but I mean, overall, these four games were kind of boring, to be honest with you. <laughs> not much, uh, not not many instant classics besides uh, the weird game and and the Browns Chiefs, but an instant classic for the wrong reasons. But um, you know, Stephon Diggs and uh, and Josh Allen have a great rapport. Um, I think Brian Dayball forgot that he had a running game as well in the first <laughs> half when he threw the ball on like 10, 12 straight 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 up uh, plays. But, yeah, um, that's something you wouldn't have seen last year. You wouldn't have seen him trust. Um, Josh Allen that many times and give him give you know kind of live or die by the ball in his hands but um, I think that's just the evolution seeing the play calling and uh, I'm really really excited for this AFC championship oh yeah hands down with that one and I would say Josh Allen that's that Josh Allen Stephon Diggs connection is it, what we have in these last four teams we have the top four teams 
or sorry, we had the top four quarterbacks entering the playoffs. They're still left, I would say. And we still have the top two um, duos for quarterback and wide receiver left because we had Devontae Adams, Aaron, uh, Aaron Rodgers, hands down the best one. Top three. Top three. Throw okay. Mahomes and Tyreek in there. We give you top three, too. Yeah, we. So, hey, look, quarterbacks and quarterback duos, obviously, they're a little bit a little important. Let's keep this running theme going. Our his first game on Sunday was the Browns at the Chiefs. And I was saying that it was going to be a one-score game with this, uh, with, with these two teams. But I can't say that I expected it to go down in the way that it did. Because yeah. we had the Chiefs walking out of this one, I would say surviving this one, 22-17. And it didn't help that Patrick Mahomes, he was hindered by an early toe injury um, that happened in the first quarter. And also he ended up leaving the game halfway through the third with a concussion. And he's still in concussion protocol. We'll touch on that when we go into our predictions for next week. And... Really, all I got to say, I made these two huge points on Twitter at 4th Long Radio, is that my, my two kind of takeaways from this game, Alex, is that the if you're the Browns, you're going to get Chad Henney for a quarter and a half, and it's a close game. You had every ability to win this game, and you still couldn't get it done. You had to be embarrassed. You had to be disappointed, because this is a game that you should have been able to win. This was a this was win, this was a winnable game even with Patrick Mahomes in in the game I would argue and it's even more winnable when you have Chad freaking Henny uh, uh like uh, in, in the game so you gotta be disappointed but at the same time Andy Reid has some gigantic cojones and every every time I mean we saw this on the on the post I did but you remember that that one episode in South Park where Randy Marsh has the, the cancer in, in his testicles and he's carrying them around oh, in a wheelbarrow. Yeah. Oh, that yeah. is Andy freaking Reed in this game because he moves to 19 and 3 off a of bye. Damn near unbeatable. But that fourth and one conversion from their own 48 to ice the game. Yeah, Chad Henney diving head first to make this play. Then another big uh, fourth and one that they converted in the third to go up 19 to 10. In the play calling in this game and the, the just aggressive coaching from Andy Reed in a situation like this with their backup, I thought it was absolutely phenomenal. I mean, uh, here's the here's the thing. I'm gonna push back on you a little bit because I think this was a game of coaching blunders throughout. I think Stefanski. I have no freaking clue when you have first and ten with with five minutes left, and you have I think two timeouts this play. Mm-hmm. He had a really really bad challenge um, in the second half. That was but it's such a bad challenge. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, first and ten. I get the run. First and ten run play. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Try to get some positive yardage. You just converted a big fourth down. Second down, incomplete pass. Third down, if you know that you're going to have a four-down territory, run the freaking ball. Run the ball for, you know, get five, six, seven yards. Go for it on fourth down. You The, the worst thing you can do is if you're an NFL coach, especially when you're the underdog and you're kind of playing with house money. You shouldn't have won last week, but you did. You're in this position. You're down by a score. You're at your own 30-yard line. I get it. But you have third and eleven. Run the ball, pick up half, go for it on fourth down. Worst case scenario, you give it, you give them the ball. They're they're gonna run the ball. They're gonna play it conservatively. You give up a field goal. You still have a plenty of time on the clock. You still have a one possession game. Go out trying to to convert a fourth down. Don't just punt it back to them. And wa- the the worst thing you can do is just watch the other team get a first down and run the clock out and just bleed that thing away. And it's just 
it's, it's honestly a little bit inexcusable mm-hmm. because how many times is Cleveland going to be in this position when you're one drive away, one score away from getting to the conference championship and you're going to punt the ball away and that's why you lose against a non-Patrick Mahomes-led Chiefs offense? That's That to me is inexcusable. And Andy Reid, on the other hand, fourth down play, cojones, 100%. But on second and eight before the two-minute warning, why are you throwing the ball and the ball off? They don't have a lot of timeouts. If you're the Browns, they just, they use their, their third timeout with three minutes left, run the ball. I get it. He got sacked great on him for, for, you know, taking that sack, but run the freaking ball. Chad Henney bails him out on the third down, but you put them in a horrible situation doing that. And he made up for it by, by calling that fourth down play and getting the ball to his playmaker. But I mean, what is the worst case scenario? Put Tyree kill in the backfield, pitch him the ball, let him run around for, you know, 10 seconds and, and try to get up field. He's going to outrun every single person on the defense. But I, I think he, Andy Reed got bailed out a little bit by a 13 yard scramble out of nowhere from Chad Henney. But um, I, I disagree with Stefanski the way he ended that game. Mm-hmm. And I really disagree with how Andy Reed called that second down play. Um, I, I don't know. It's just, it seems like he's playing with fire a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think he's able to, to make those those blunders against the Bills team or against a, a Super Bowl team if he's lucky enough to get there. But um, just a weird game overall. Patrick Mahomes. And I just want to reiterate, you know, you talked about that toe injury. Mm-hmm. And for a right-handed throwing quarterback, that big toe, it may seem like a small injury, but every single ounce of power comes from your, your lower half. And – even almost more important, it comes from that big toe because you're always going to end the end the throw on your on your tippy toes. Mm-hmm. And the, the the where that power comes from is is kind of that toe. It's, it's from that you know the top of your foot there. And if you're trying to to, to finish a throw and land on your tippy toe and you have a, an injured toe, that thing hurts like hell. And that will make you second or you know th- you know have your arm throws. And that's where mistakes mm-hmm. come from when you're hurt, when you're tired, when you're not following through with your lower half. And if you have an injury and you're hampered like that, it just completely sucks the life out of you. And, um, you know, everyone's going to point to the head injury to see if Patrick Mahomes is going to play. But I think the more important thing is, is that lower half, is that toe going to be healed enough to be able to drive balls downfield and and put balls in tight windows. And you're going to go against a a defense that was a lot better than this, um, you know, Siv and the Browns defense. And, you know, you got Tredavious White back there. You got two really fast backers, um, that are going to take away some of those underneath routes and those middle middle passes at you know to, um, Edmonds in the mm-hmm. middle for the Bills is one of the quickest linebackers in the NFL. You saw that this year or this week against the Lamar Jackson, but um, he he's going to need that that whole lower half. And uh, I don't I don't think the concussion is the the, the biggest problem no. health wise for Patrick Mahomes this week. And I hope he's healthy because I really want to see this game at full strength on both sides. Oh yeah, it's going to be fantastic. And you were talking about like, Kevin Stefanski, and I want to kind of give you my point. I did not like what they were doing, especially in the red zone at the beginning of the game. They were doing a lot of these spread runs. You know, um, they were doing these wide receiver flies. They were doing um, these these uh, p- uh, these sweeps. They were doing pitches and stuff like that. I didn't like that. You when you play a Chiefs defense that isn't, they're a physical team, a, a possibly underrated team, but they have they have so much speed on that defense. You're not going to beat that defense running sideline yeah. to sideline when you have the combo of chunt. In the background is what they've been deemed with. With <laughs> you got chunt. What do you do with chunt, Alex? It's like how the the word sounds. You run it up the gut, okay? So, a lessons learned. 
and he'll be able to move on to the next season. And especially when you have a backup tackle there, because Jedrick Wills went out of the game early. Yeah, and, and that was in all the first offensive play of the game for, yeah. for the book. So why are you stretching the defense when you're you're the the strength of your offensive line is right up the gut? Run the football. Run the yeah. football. I mean, this Chris, this Chris, doesn't look and, great. And Chris Jones, but run the football. Chris Jones is awesome on the defensive line, mm-hmm. but he's not a physical player. He's a speed guy. He's a pass he rusher. To, yeah, he's, he's a, a pass rusher. rusher that also takes away you championship. Hit those guys uh, in the mouth. Yeah, it's a pass rusher that takes away Super Bowl appearances because he touches Tom Brady on the top of the head. Throwback two years ago, that play still sucks. And speaking of Brady, our last game of the weekend was the Tampa Bay Bucks at the New Orleans Saints. And would you believe it? It was Drew Brees' pretty much it almost guaranteed to be his last game is kind of what came out before it. And he just kind of craps a bed in his last performance. Very Dan Marino-esque. And it sucks because I'm trying to smile through this, but it really hurt to watch me. Like, yeah, it it's tough. a legend that Drew Brees is. It really hurt. I mean, come on. 130 yards, touchdown, three interceptions. Brady makes it to another conference championship game because of this. Saints with four total turnovers in this one. It's not like Brady lit the world on fire either on, on the other side. It, it, it kind of helped that he was able to kind of have Drew Brees Guy being the, the the main story here, it take away the focus from him. But he just he has two hundred yards, a couple touchdowns. There were two really short passes in the red zone. So I mean, he still played effective football, but it's not like he did anything crazy. Maybe not what a lot of people might have said he was. Alvin Kamara played great against the number one rush defense, and he he did everything he could, almost getting hundred yards this game. And would you believe it that the longest passing play of the Saints season? Comes in this one with a 50-yard touchdown pass to Traquan Smith off a trick play in the second. Thrown to you by none other than Jameis Winston. Jameis! And a guy that's going to be a free agent this season. I gotta say, the Saints would have won this football game if Jameis was starting this whole time. And there is no reason that Taysom Hill should have been starting over Jameis Winston during the regular season when... When Drew Brees is a job, I'm going to do it. There's no reason. I'm going to bang on my desk real quick for a little emphasis that... Winston should not have been starting or the under taste me. You, you, yeah, got, yeah. you got the no, point there. But okay. Here's here's it. the conspiracy theory around that. I, oh, I no. think Sean Payton, you get him. I mean, he's, he's one of the definitions of like a quarterback whisper. He's, he's mm-hmm. got, he's consistently gotten the best out of his quarterback talent. You saw that with Bridgewater last year. And I think he had, um, you know, even though it was a shortened off season, I think he had a couple practices with Jameis and he's coming off obviously leading the league in yards, mm-hmm. or and and uh, obviously had all the turnover problems. But I think he saw a little bit. He's like, oh my gosh, this is my quarterback next year. Let's not showcase <laughs> him for these couple play mm. or these couple games. Let's Taysom Hill can get the job mm. done. He, he saw the schedule. Mm-hmm. He was playing the Falcons twice, the Broncos. I mean, no offense, the Broncos, but they're not lighting the world on fire at all. But I think he saw that Taysom Hill could get the job yeah. done. That's you know, that's that's Broncos. my guy that I paid in the off season. Let's let's uh you know, show off my toy a little bit, but I don't think he wanted to show Jamison. <laughs> the one time he did show Jamison this year, he throws for a 58 yard touchdown. <laughs> I think he wants him next year. And I think they're going to give him a pretty, uh, pretty healthy contract. Like something like, like a, a two for 50 or a, a three for 60, something like that. And Jamison they're going to make Jamison a starter. Jamis is a guy. No offense to Taysom Hill, but hey, hey, Taysom, you're not throwing bombs like that, okay? You're you're gonna be that guy that comes up for six plays a game, do a little trickery, yeah. maybe pass the ball once or twice, 
that's, and that's it. fine. And that, that's fine. You're really good at that role. Really We're, good at it. Not everyone could do everything. That's what got him a three-year contract. Exactly. With big money. So that's not a bad thing. And then speaking of uh, guys that are going to get big contracts, I know he's just a rookie, but Tristan Wirfs is going to make a lot of money once his rookie deal expires, once they get this extension. Because the 13th overall pick in the draft, absolutely love this move from the Bucks. You know, bring in an old frail quarterback like Tom Brady. You got to give someone to protect him. And protecting him is what he's done all year. He's only given up like one sec, I believe, this whole season. And these playoff games have been fantastic for him. 77 pass blocking snaps. One pressure, zero sacks. That is big, big, big money as a left tackle right there. And oh, he's so damn good. He's a great football player. Like, I love watching Quinn Nelson. I love watching Tristan Worst play football. There's something about them that is just poetic. In, in, yeah, and I mean, I, th I think the Giants and the Browns are absolutely kicking themselves <laughs> right now. I mean, Tristan Worst, I mean, I thought he was, you know, the number one or number two tackle coming out of the draft. If he's Browns, he could have been the next Joe Staley. Yeah, the Giants come out of nowhere and they draft. Uh, you know Andrew Thomas, who mm -hmm. you know did, didn't look great this year. He's, he's got some some talent to work with. Mm -hmm. Jedrick Wills played you know pretty well this year, but when you look at Tristan Wirfs in comparison, he kind of dwarfs those other guys and uh, makes you scratch your head on what those um, what those front offices were thinking a little bit. But uh, yeah, I mean th this 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 uh, this Bucks offense, and I mean I think we've 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 consistently said it. I don't think mm -hmm. our tune has changed much on this Bucks offense all year. And, you know, they're in the, the conference championship. They're almost gifted the conference championship. They played the Washington football team yeah. with Taylor Heineke. And I'd argue that Taylor Heineke would have a better shot at this with the Saints office than Drew Brees did this 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 uh, this game. I would not I give mean, you any pushback on that one. No, I mean, Drew Brees just could not throw the ball down the field. And, Taylor Heineke is um, better than um, but not, not as good as Jameis. Uh, I would say Jameis is a better no. passer than – he's a better quarterback than Taysom Hill, that's for sure. That yeah, I mean, is for sure. Well, this is this is the issue too, and um, I think uh, Todd Bowles on the on the Bucks side did a really smart thing this this week, and he knows that the only way that the Saints are going to win this game is if they throw the ball over the top. Mm -hmm. And what is something that Drew Brees can't do? Can't throw, throw the, the ball, ball over the top. top. <laughs> so he pressed these receivers. He made sure that they had no underneath coverage. He bracketed Michael Thomas zero. Zero catches this entire game. That's crazy. Well, I was saying, Alex, at the intro, we had a quarterback with more rece receptions than the best receiving league. Baker Mayfield had a catch this week. Michael Thomas had zero. Okay, so can we just he, – you yeah. can't at uh, – you know, if I'm on Twitter, at can't guard Mike, I think you can guard him, Alex. Yeah. I, I think, think any, yeah. you can guard him. I think it's pretty easy to guard him, actually. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, obviously in, in this playoffs. But I, I think he's been hampered, and it came out mm -hmm. today that he's got – Tons of injuries. Um, a labrum so. issue. He's got a knee issue. So I don't. Think I can tell you from experience, strength. Alex. Labrums ain't no joke. So I, no, I respect it, him. Especially when you have to like go up and put your arms to catch a ball. I imagine you need a, a healthy shoulder. So I want to give him a lot of credit for that, but at the same time, might need to rethink the Twitter handle. But Alex, there it is. That's our breakdown of all the divisional round games. And with that being said, let's roll the segue. <laughs> So, ball, we're gonna score. Tell him to bring me my money. Yeah. Dollar, dollar bills, y'all. So we buying or are we selling? 
All right, here we go. This is our buy or sell segment. All you guys love it, and I'm glad because this is one of the funnest parts of my week in all of my and all the great shows we do. Now, Alex, picking backing off the last game we we gave, this is going to be the first statement. So if you don't know, we got you five statements. We, you you have the option to buy it or sell it. Let us know in the comments. Uh, five star review on Apple Podcasts, anywhere you find the social medias and all that fun stuff. But the first statement I'm going to give to you, Alex, is that Drew Brees is a top five quarterback of all time. I mean, if you look on paper, I'm with you. Mm -hmm. I'm with you, but Mm -hmm. I'm going to sell this statement. I think uh, both Dan Marino and John Elway, I think just both did more for their offense. Mm. I I think Drew Brees had a great, great chemistry with Sean Payton, but Sean Payton is a genius. And I think he's, you're going to see this as the years progress and, Mm -hmm. you know, Jameis or another quarterback slots right into that spot. And I think they're just going to have a lot of success. And um, Drew Brees is one of the smartest quarterbacks of all time, did so much with the talent that he had. He, you know, he had kind of a a bum shoulder for a lot of those end end years Mm -hmm. in uh, New Orleans, but um, he was always one step ahead of the defense, put up incredible numbers, first ballot hall of famer, but I think that Dan Marino and John Elway both are just a, a bigger threat at the quarterback position and would instill fear in a defense. And that's what I think is mm-hmm. kind of the, the true, um, you know, telltale sign of a good quarterback. I mean, that's that Patrick Mahomes effect. It's, if you know, if you're scared of them. <laughs> yeah, but, but that's also weird because that's the Josh Allen effect. Now, if I'm a defensive coordinator, I don't want to go against that no. guy. I don't want to go against Patrick Mahomes. And um, I just think that, Drew Brees um, is an incredible quarterback, top 10 for sure. But to crack that top five, I think you got to be something different, some other kind of special. And um, I just don't think he's quite there yet. I think given all of his accomplishments, all his pro bowls, bowls, all of his all pros. And I think without a doubt, no matter if you think he's top five or not, he will always go down in history as the biggest and greatest free agent signing of all time. You know, coming for the Chargers, oh, yeah. getting signed for it. You want to know how much he was signed in 2006, Alex? $10 million. Okay. that That's like when the U.S. bought Alaska from Russia. That's uh, that's when we got the Louisiana Purchase from yeah, France. It's the Louisiana okay. Purchase type numbers right there. It's just an absolute seal. And, and that's exactly what this is. And, and given this, I'm just going to give you my top five right here, Alex. In in no particular order. Okay. So I can't get any map. This is just top five. No order. We can, we can do a little more order later. Montana. Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers, and I do have Drew Brees slipping into this one. It's almost like a 5A with this, 5A and B, because I have it between him and Dan Marino. But what I love about Drew Brees is, I mean, leadership and all that intangibles and stuff. But I, what I love about the quarterback in a super volatile um, position like this, I love consistency. And Drew Brees brought consistency through his entire career. You can't argue that. The most accurate quarterback of all time. Now, he wasn't just throwing a bunch of deep passes, but I liked what he was able to do. I will put him in this, but it's easily arguable that he doesn't fall out, that he falls out of the top five. But what, how I feel like him, I, I feel like he's earned this one right here. Now, our next statement is that the Green Bay Packers are the best remaining team in the playoffs right now. And they are actually the team to beat going into conference championship weekend. Then maybe eventually the Super Bowl. I mean, this is a tough one because I, I just think that they're the most complete team right now. I think mm-hmm. out of the... 
Um, it's, it's, it sucks because I'm not even putting the Bucks in this discussion because I almost <laughs> nope, think that they're not. <laughs> they're, they're, they're just kind of, uh, I don't know. They're, the Packers are, are being gifted again a great matchup. And, yeah. Um, I, I don't, I, there's, there's a lot of things that we can get to know about that Bucks Packers matchup, but mm-hmm. um, I think they have the best defense remaining out of the, the Chiefs, Bills, and themselves. Um, I don't think they have the most dynamic offense. Uh, I think as good as Aaron Rodgers is, um, and if you have a healthy Patrick Mahomes and a healthy Josh Allen, I think they're um, just a little bit more dynamic playmakers. They do more on the ground. And um, obviously I can't go wrong with any of those three quarterbacks. I think they're the three best quarterbacks in the league. Um, And I don't, again, I don't think it's close. (laughs) I'm going to say it again. Those are the three best guys in the league. I think they're, I think they're all very close though. Mm -hmm. I think each one of them has, um, you know, if you told me that the Bills are the best team or the Chiefs are the best team, I mean, the there's Packers pros and cons to every team. You can make the yeah. I'm not gonna right? I'm not gonna fight you on all those. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna sell this because I think it's close with both those AFC teams, mm-hmm. and I think that whoever comes out of the AFC is gonna be a lot more battle hardened and tested because of that tough game they're gonna play in the championship game. Um, but if you said the Packers are the best remaining team, I'm not gonna fight you on it. Now I'm also going to sell this statement too, Alex. It's not because. It's because they're not the best of, but they're the second best because the best ones are the team that's going to beat them in the playoffs in the Super Bowl. The Bills are the best team in the league right now, and they're better than the Green Bay. The Chiefs are the third best team left in the playoffs, and honestly, if they don't have Patrick Mahomes this weekend, which there's still optimism that they will, I would be He's willing. Gonna play. Well, I would almost be now. willing to put the Bucks over uh, the uh, Patrick Mahomesless Chiefs. It, it, it's like that. That's that, what a crazy statement. Are you serious? I think oh. that's a given. Did you see their performance in the second half without him? Hey, they hey, respect the Browns, Alex. Respect the Browns. Okay, I think but, the Washington but, football team might be able to beat the the Mahomesless Chiefs. Yeah, when you got the GOAT Taylor Heineke at quarterback, oh, yeah. anything is possible. But yeah, I mean, the Packers, second best team. Chiefs, even with Patrick Mahomes, they're just the third best team in these playoffs right now. The Bills are the team to beat. They're the most dynamic offense. They're the best defense out of these teams. And I, I just love what they got there. I love their talent, and this is why they're going to win the Super Bowl this year. Now, the next statement, Alex, is that the Jets are the top team in the Deshaun Watson trade rumors. As of right now, we got still the Texans. We got the Dolphins. We got the Broncos. We got the Pats, the Niners, and even the Panthers. He has a no-trade clause, though, so essentially he's going to be able to pick his team. But out of these, are the Jets the top team? Um, You know, I honestly think they are because I, I think, hey, I think the, the first kind of uh, – you know, the first hurdle you have to climb is, do you have the assets? Mm-hmm. And with the number two pick in the draft, the Jets have the assets. They have the that Seattle pick. So they have multiple first round picks. Um, and I think what they also have is Deshaun Watson is, I mean, he, he's, he's almost one of those guys where you put him in any situation, he's going to be a star. But mm-hmm. I think he has the potential to be an icon. And especially as an African-American quarterback, he has the potential to be, such a game-breaking athlete, such a game-breaking personality. And if you put him in that New York market, he is going to thrive. Mm-hmm. And he's got that kind of aura, that kind of pull um, to be able to, to take over that market and to, to bring winning, a winning culture back to that Jets team. And you saw it towards the end of the year. They were frisky a little bit. They played hard. They won two games that they shouldn't have. <laughs> and they almost it, won the third if it wasn't for a Hail Mary. Exactly. And I love the Robert Sala hiring because you're kind of zigging while everyone else is zagging. Robert Sala is a guy that's just, you know, 
BYOJ, bring your own juice, mm-hmm. and Robert Sala will bring that every single week. Love that, man. The team will play hard every single down, every mm-hmm. single snap, and that's something you cannot say about an Adam Gase-led Jets mm-hmm. team. And if you put Deshaun Watson with them, um, you don't need an offensive-minded you know, minded head coach because Deshaun Watson is – incredible the, mm-hmm. the guy led the the league in nf in, in, in passing, passing. on one of the worst teams there's like a 412 team five and, it's just awful but i mean Deshaun watson's such a good quarterback yeah but it, in mean, this one i think it's the jets it, it could be the jets but i'm going to go with one of the original teams i'm gonna go with the miami dolphins because i i love what deshaun watson could do in their offense like this the dolphins have plenty of trade capital with this one too with draft picks then they can also just send Tua over there and it's going to make it that much easier it's because you can just it, it's it will lessen the the deal if you are able to give up a potentially good quarterback in return um, sam darnold is not Tua. Tua, i mean even though he wasn't fantastic this year he's still better than sam darnold and i know that's not saying much but he is that's why I, I think that also I think the Dolphins forget about the market. Let's focus on the team. Let's focus on football success on the football field. That's the Miami Dolphins because they're, if if the Miami Dolphins get Deshaun Watson, if they trade for Deshaun Watson, they will be a in the Super Bowl within the next five seasons. And you could book that. You could write that down. You could clip that all you want because that is stone cold fact right there. And if they make the Super Bowl in three seasons. I would not be surprised about that, Alex. You can book. But what that. do the Texans care about football fit? They don't give a crap. Well, Deshaun Watson, he can kind of pick. He can kind of pick with this with no trade clause with him. It's probably going to be better if he goes to Dolphins. He could I think at this chance. point, he's 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 okay with going anywhere besides. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's I a good point. Cool. I think he's cool with it. I think that no trade clause is more just like it's formality um, at this point. <laughs> yeah. He'll wave that thing, I promise you. That's fair. And then our next statement is going to be that the Chiefs can beat the Bills even <laughs> without Patrick Mahomes. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to sell this thing. I, I just want to throw this, this in because it was this fun. Is rid- Come on now. I, do we even have to touch on this one? This is no. ridiculous. I just I mean, wanted we, to play we base. We saw how I, bad that offense It's was. mostly because uh, some of this we get from Twitter stuff. I saw one too many people talking about this, thinking the Chiefs are this good of a football team. No. It's not. The Chiefs, are good. the Chiefs are good because of Patrick Mahomes. The, the Chiefs, Chiefs are not even... good because they have a good team around him. The Chiefs aren't going to beat the Bills with Patrick Mahomes, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, I mean, here's the here's problem with the Chiefs. They have elite talent at their skill position. Mm-hmm. They have Tyreek. They have Travis Kelsey. They have speed all over the place. They have playmakers on the defensive side with, with Chris Jones and uh, um, some of their guys in the back end. But that team is elite because of Patrick Mahomes because he's the best player on mm-hmm. the planet right now. Yeah. And he's... The Chiefs are, the Chiefs are a 500 team at best with no Patrick Mahomes at yeah. best. So no easy sell. And then the last statement, of course, is going to be: we saw the Eagles apparently really hot on this guy for no good reason. And my statement to you, Alex, is that Josh McDaniels would be an absolute failure if hired as the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. Now he has mostly been offensive coordinator with the Patriots. He was a head coach for a, almost two full seasons with the Denver Broncos a while ago. Back in um, 09 and in 2010, he went 11-17. His biggest accomplishment those two seasons was drafting Tim freaking Tebow. Okay, so, I mean, we got to give him credit. No disrespect to one of the GOATs, but 
in my opinion, Alex Josh McDaniels, it was a bad co- head coach then. He's still not a head coach now. He's often scoring perfect. Also, you got to look at the Bill Belichick track record of this coaching tree, right? I mean, Bill O'Brien is still the most successful coach on, that, that um, sprung from the Bill Belichick coaching tree. And if that's the best, if that's the best, if Bill O'Brien's the best, you got problems there, so... I mean, don't disrespect Brian Flores. I think he's an incredible football coach. So that's fair. I I actually think Joe Judge is kind of a good coach too, but um, he has potential there. I I think, yeah, I think they're both a little frisky there. But I mean, I I think Brian Flores already established himself as a great head coach. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to buy this statement because I think you have a couple things working against Josh McDaniels. You have um, you have an incredible system and incredible culture already Mm -hmm. built in with the Patriots. You have a guy that is going to go down as the best football player of all time running your offense every single year you were there in Tom Brady. So it's it's pretty easy to be a, a, an offensive coordinator when you have a literal computer back there. Right. That's, you know, that's the, the majestic goat in Tom Brady. Um, but I just don't think he's got the, uh, the gall to be a head coach because he's going to have to bring all that culture in while he's been there for so long and, and probably knows what it takes, mm-hmm. it's still something you got to work for. And, and Philadelphia is kind of a broken culture right now. And it's a place where, um, you know, if you start 11 and 17 with the Eagles, they're going to be putting your head on a stake b- before the end of that. And the unfortunate season. So, thing that that's unfortunate you say it because that's literally not an exaggeration. That's no, not an exaggeration. I'm telling you that's no. Doug Peterson won a, uh, won a championship a little bit ago. And um, he's their already first you know, looking, championship. Looking for a job, so, yeah. <laughs> so. That, that's just how unforgiving they are. But there we go. That's our buy or sell segment. Like I said, let us know everything about that in the comments on socials or, best of all, leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Now, to quickly wrap this thing up, Alex, um, let's, we're going to give you our conference championship game predictions. The first one is going to be the Bills at the Chiefs. Now, the Chiefs are um, in the AFC championship game for the third consecutive season. This is the first team to do that since the Eagles in 2002 and 2000, uh, through 2004. And would you believe it, that was with Andy Reid when they played three straight home conference games with that one. And so with this one, I'm I'm full. This is the championship games I was pretty much expecting. And I'm going to give you the Bills in a 27 to a 20 point game with this one. Of course, um, uh, Alex just had to leave because, uh, hey, he um, just has some stuff to do. But I'm going to give you this one right here. It's going to be... A close game. It's uh, obviously it's two very very good football teams. It's two teams with a lot of firepower offensively, but especially with we just don't know if Patrick Mahomes is going to be there. There's optimism, but we don't know ultimately. So, and but then like we were saying earlier that even if Patrick Mahomes was going to be playing in this game. I still like the Bills. I, I still love what their defense can do. Taron Johnson has just been blowing it up this year. And that defense has been playing solid with Trey Wyatt and, and those guys. And their run defense was is able to get a little bit better. Um, and I feel like the Bills just... The more complete team, believe it or not, I had them as the number one team in my power rankings in week 16 and 17, and they still are. I still believe that the Bills are the top team. I still believe Bills Mafia, we're going to get the Bills the Super Bowl champions this year. Would you believe it? Now, the next game is going to be the Packers at the Bucks, and this has implications on it. There's history behind this, believe it or not, it for both the quarterbacks and the teams. 
the Packers and Bucks, of course, if we remember it, back in week six, what feels like a year ago, which is just speaks testaments to the, to the way this season has gone. But, of course, they met in Tampa. We had the Packers go to early 10-0 lead. And then we had Aaron Rodgers end up throwing three interceptions. And the Bucks put up 38 unanswered points to win that game 38-10. to And what happened in this game is what the Bucks had success was, it was with their blitzing because he blitzed the living hell out of the Green uh, the Green Bay Packers. And also, what's going to be a problem now is he went down. David McDory, he won't be there to help. But at the very least, this Packers offensive line that seemingly took a huge hit, which in reality they did. That he was uh, David was one of the best left tackles in the league. Maybe even the best, if you want to argue that. I It'd be hard to argue against you. And they go in and they play a, against a good great best defense in the league with good pass rushing with good linebacking core with a good defensive uh, secondary and they give up zero sacks and only one quarterback hit now that is a very very good testament to the ability of that offense line and the ability to play through that so that's going to help them and then the other kind of history behind this is the tom brady and rogers history Overall, they've actually, believe it or not, only have met three times because typically that's going to be sometimes in the regular season if they're lucky or in the Super Bowl because AFC NFC. But now since Tom Brady's now in the NFC, he's able to do that. I mean, speaking about that real quick, Tom Brady has spent one year in the NFC and he made the conference championship game. There is a team that has had 24 years since 1996 and they have not made a conference championship game, and that is your Dallas Cowboys. So Tom Brady, since 1996, has had more conference championship game appearances than the Dallas Cowboys. Now, that's just a fun stat right there. But Brady and Rodgers all-time, they're 2-1 and one with Brady taking the lead in this one. But at the other side of the football, you have Aaron Rodgers. He's having a career season. He has 50 touchdowns to only a handful of interceptions. Absolutely crazy what he's doing. He has a career high 120.7 passer rating. This guy, I mean, if you if you haven't like, kind of figured it out by now, he's all but guaranteed to win that MVP this season, and rightfully so. So these are two very different teams than what we saw back in week six. And that's why I'm going to go with the, what we're saying, the buy or sell segment. I'm going to go with the second best team in the league right now. Right now, this is second best team against the fourth fourth best team in the playoffs. I'm going with the Green Bay Packers. They're going to take this game in another closer one. It's going to be a final score of 24 to 20. 24 to 20. It's going to be a one score. It's going to be very tightly contested, but it's still at the end of the day, like I said before the playoffs started. It's going to be Bills versus Packers. It's Super Bowl 55. And you can book that. And since I've said that, it's not going to happen. It's going to be the Bucks versus Chiefs. And I'm just going to look like a fool. But hey, that's what I'm here for, ladies and gentlemen. But that's going to do it for us for our NFL Divisional Round Breakdown. Let us know all this stuff, the, what you thought about the show. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. is very much appreciated. Follow us on Instagram at 4th Long Radio. Twitter at 4th Long Radio. Go to our website, thefourthandlong.com, for everything right there. And also, like we were saying at the beginning of the show, check out Thrive Fantasy. It is a fantasy football app. It's a bunch of prop betting. Then if you put a deposit down today, 
of at least $20, they'll match that deposit up to $50 as long as you use the promo code fourth and long and for um those that are watching the video it's going to be up on your screen right now for those that are listening it's going to be the number four t-h-a-n-d-l-o-n-g no spaces all caps none caps it doesn't matter just get that it's essentially free money so who doesn't like free money i mean come on now i we're all broke i mean a lot of us college students and listening to this we love a little bit of free money but thank you so much for listening today check out all of our great stuff and we will catch you after these conference championship games and heading into our Super Bowl matchup. As a recording, it's only 16 days away.